0: dog sports has lots of options to keep your dog's four paws busy. Let's dive deeper in four paws sports. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Nieder and Mary Drexler.
1: Hey, and welcome to the happy 2024 blizzard, I guess, winter. Uh, Mary, uh, it's cold up by you and it's cold down by me, but not as bad.
0: Yeah, i how to make yourself feel good about only being in the teens is to look up at Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got I got teens today and singles tomorrow and then just completely blizzard free uh, I think by Tuesday, but you on the other hand, you're uh, you're blowing snow. I'm not.
0: Yeah. Snow and then it's going to be below 0 and then I they can't even get the dumb roads clear because we've had over two feet of snow, and and now it's oh blowing God. everywhere, and it's just trick. We love it. When the Samoyans well, are like, you know, we've been outside long enough. When the Samoyans are going, yeah, that's when you know it's too cold. That's
1: Yeah. Well, welcome to the uh, second week of 2024. It only goes uphill from there, right?
0: I guess so. <laughs> we. <laughs>
1: god i hope so because i want to train outside and uh i i broke down and uh bought the uh heated jackets because uh uh screw the uh, winter weather and the uh it's the wind it's not even the cold weather it's the wind that literally just eats through you and i'm like uh i can't train i refuse to train i'm staying inside no nope 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 i don't care what kyber says
0: well, honestly, it wouldn't matter how badly I wanted to train outside. You can't walk outside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can't see so, your equipment, so it doesn't matter.
0: Our, our equipment is in the garage. We did take – we actually tried thinking, yeah. okay, if we prepare for the first round of storms that we had last week, like, okay, we're going to put everything. We put everything away. We have a little storage shed. We put the jumps and tunnels in, and then we brought the contact equipment into the garage, and we're like, all right, it's not going to get as bad as they say. it was as bad as they say. And And then we got another round. And so we are not trying to think of ways to train outside, but rather are trying to think of 101 things you can teach in your living room, which thankfully there's plenty of stuff you can work on in your living room. Um, So that's what we're doing because there's no, I mean, okay. I did clear the driveway today, but you just could not pay me enough. To go out and train a dog in my driveway right now, like no nope, no nope. well I'm, see, I'm not sure millions a of dollars would get me out in the driveway right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see here's the thing: you need to
1: have offer lessons on snow snow, uh, snow removal and shoveling, because mm-hmm. one, it's good exercise, and you can teach other people, and they can pay you money to be taught how to snow uh, remove snow with snow uh, snow shovels.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that that would work really well, especially since they wouldn't be able to get to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a thought that counts. It's it a is. thought.
0: It was a nice idea. It was a nice idea. Right? Maybe somebody. Oh,
1: walk, right? Geez. Yeah, maybe, maybe it'd be like the whole what was it Tom Sawyer back, back way, way back in the day. Yep. Paint that fence.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Oh well, I guess. uh, well, since uh, this is actually uh, our one-year anniversary now that I think about it, uh, we started January last um, year, so we're uh, we we have survived one full year of uh, a podcast. We haven't been canceled, and nobody hates us yet.
0: Well, maybe somebody hates us, but then they're just not listening. <laughs>
1: <so>. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. But all right, so uh, starting off 2024, we're talking about a. Kind of a hot-button topic while it's cold outside. So uh, we're going to talk about biting. Uh, Dogs biting, dogs biting in the ring, dogs biting during competition. Uh, It's a big thing. Um, In a way, we were going to try to avoid talking about this because so many people already talked and beat to death uh, the biting incident uh, with uh, the judge last year up in New York. But I think at this point in time, after judging a weekend ago, that there needs to be some addressing of this situation and these concerns, because it, it is a major concern in the ring, because this is a, by all, like you said, Mary, by these are all spectator sports. And by governing bodies of these agility events, and even, not just agility, but any of these performance events, that we don't want this being seen and this is something that you don't want the public to go, oh, my gosh, well, their dog bites. must be okay to let my dog bite. That is absolutely not what we want to present. So we thought tonight would be a good way to start 2024 off with uh, with a pretty, uh, pretty uh, fun topic, or, well, not so much fun, but serious topic at least right. for, for tonight.
0: Right. Well, and I think that – I think a lot of times – I mean – Biting in dogs is hard. There's a lot of reasons dogs bite and they're not necessarily biting because they are attacking or trying to be aggressive necessarily. There are lots of reasons that dogs use their mouths. They communicate a lot with their mouths. They don't have fingers like we do. Um, They play with their mouths. They, you know, they do, they eat with their mouths. They play with their mouths. They talk with their mouths. They, there's a lot of communication and they do fight with their mouth. And I think that- One of the things that's been great in dog sports in general is we are a lot better than we did back when I started training dogs a bazillion years ago about listening to the dog and thinking about the dog's perspective and trying to have the dog be a more active learner in the training pra- process, having it be a more equal partnership versus a authoritarian sort of thing. But I think sometimes for the people we struggle where to draw that line still where it's like, okay, yeah, I want you to explore and I want you to try and I want you to be you as a dog, but also some of these things are not appropriate. And Yes. I am a big one, like I like to do a lot of naked play with my dogs. That doesn't mean that I strip off my uh, clothes and play with my dogs.
1: That I will say means- please clarify that before we go on. <laughs>
0: that means that I like to just play with my dogs where I don't have a toy. I don't have treats. I don't have anything else. It's just me and my dog interacting. And I like it a, because I think it's a good relationship builder and B it helps define boundaries. Just like when you watch puppies play in the whelping box or play with each other or watch dogs play with each other, they will set boundaries. And one of the things that happens in my house, especially when new dogs come in or young dogs come you know, come into the house is they have to learn how much they can use their mouth, how hard they can use their teeth. And like, I have a couple of really good older dogs, experienced dogs that are really, really good about saying, this is okay. This is too much. I actually have a cat that's really good about it too. And it helps dogs learn bite inhibition. And so I also like to do the naked play with my dogs. And when we play at some point the dog is gonna use their mouth and I don't mind if my dog's teeth touch me. That's fine. We play, we bounce, but they cannot clamp down. And so, you know, we can be rough housing and mouthing and wrestling and having a good time. If they clamp down, that's the part where it's like, no, that's too much. And my favorite go-to method for fixing this problem is I just take whatever body part they've clamped down on. And I just, shove it right down their throat and the dog until the dog on their own goes, Oh, this is unpleasant and backs off by themselves. And what that does is for the dog, that dog doesn't really, I don't think thinks that I'm necessarily correcting that behavior. I think they think that, Oh my gosh, like (laughs) I put my bit down and all of a sudden there's something going down (laughs) my throat. I don't like that. And it feels self-correcting to the dog. And, And it, it's also easy for me to very quickly be very clear and be like, you're okay if you're touching me. You're not okay if you're biting down on me. And all of my dogs in my house, you know, I can safely put my hands in their mouth. I can play with them. I don't have to worry about it because they've all learned this. And if they forget themselves, even for a second, like literally, all you got to do is take, like, look at them. Like, just look them at in the eye one sec. Like, what are you doing? And they all go, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And they just instantly, they back right off. And I think that sometimes when we are working really hard and I think agility, I think it's easier for it to be a problem. I suspect I don't do dock diving, but I could see it being a thing in dock diving or even lower coursing, like anything where the dog's like super, super jazzed up, you know, super, super in a high arousal state where. Yes. And we have a lot of dogs that are maybe herding dogs or things like that, that are wired to solve problems with their mouths, you know, yes. like the border collie and the Shelties are way quicker to put their mouths on you than the Sammies are in my house because they're hurting dogs. They solve yes. problems with their mouths. Right. That's right. normal. That's normal that they do that. And so I think, and I think sometimes, you know, we, we so want to be fair to our dogs and we so want to be kind to our dogs. And that's great. But it's also okay to say to your border collie or your catalog or your Sheltie or your Sammy or whatever, sweetie, I'm glad, I'm glad you're excited for this, but this is not acceptable. And I do think it's a, it's one of those things that it can be fixed later, but it's a heck of a lot harder. Like if you, as a trainer step in, you know, and just squelch that the moment that it starts You know, address it. Squelch is the wrong word, but you know, don't let it go thinking you're going to get squelch. Makes it sound like I'm like squashing your dog, (laughs) and I don't mean that. But I mean just, you know, I usually find it right. You just be like, no, this isn't acceptable, and you don't make a big deal out of it. You just like say it. Right. For me, usually we're doing some naked play. The usually when it happens is they learn as puppies. And they'll bite down because they're puppies and they don't know any better. And I was going and they go, I don't like that. And, and we're done. And it may be right. periodically like they forget themselves, especially as they grow and their bodies change and how their body, you know, their body control changes. It may come up from time to time, or there may be a moment in training where they get over aroused and they clamp down and, you know, But just if you address it right away, like I think it's one of those things that makes your life a lot harder if you go, I'm just going to ignore this for now. Like there's plenty of stuff you can ignore for now and address later. And I don't really think this is one of them that where that's a benefit. Um, But, I, you know, and you're not going to you're not going to make your dog hate agility or obedience or dock diving or whatever it is that's happening. You're not going to make your dog hate you. You're just setting boundaries and you're setting the same boundaries that you'd want the dogs in your house to set so that they can play safely with each other. Like you know, it, it you're not setting some sort of unreal it's not like you're trying to teach all your dogs to use a toilet or something. I mean you're setting you're teaching a reasonable boundary that any dog that's gonna interact with other living beings should well, understand.
1: Especially yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think you'd be upset teaching them to use the toilet at this point, as cold as it is outside. Um, there is that benefit to that part. <laughs> yeah, I, that would be really, I think picks right now would be appreciative of have learned that skill or have the cat box uh, at this point. But, you know, going back to the train part of it, it's like having kids. You want your toddler to understand it's okay not to hit Mm-hmm. It's okay to rough house, mm-hmm. but it is not okay to go cock back full swing and hit your parent. That mm-hmm. That is a big huh. no no, although today's huh. society I've seen worse, but uh, um, it's not okay. Let's just put it this way it's just huh. not okay to hit your parents, period.
0: Well, and I think uh, I get into kids, you know, one thing we do, like one thing I tried to do with my kid, I mean, she wasn't much of a biter or a hitter. Like, you yeah. know, some kids are more so that, but they. You know, they do, and it's like, okay, how do you manage that emotion? And I think that as a trainer, you know, so if I have a puppy that wants to bite down on me, okay, so the puppy grabs a hold of my hand. I'll stick my hand down their throat. They back off. Oh, that's good. Now, here, have this toy, and you can play with this. And I think, you know, it's just like anything else. It doesn't mean that they can't use their mouths. It means they have to use their mouths appropriately. And there's an appropriate time and there's an appropriate place and there's appropriate stuff you can use your mouth on and, you know, and you're not, you're not being mean and you're not ruining your dog and you're not, you're making them better. And also, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not a judge, but I would feel like as if I was, I would hate to have to blow my whistle on somebody because you know, the dog's working, the dog's running, but then it runs up and it's all excited and you're trying to put a leash on it, it's biting the owner. Like, you know, right. I, I just, and the thing is, is if the dog learns that it's okay to use their mouth like that in a high state of arousal, where does that end? You know, right. Where's the line? Because at first, cause I, I, you know, you hear the argument, well, they only bite at me. Well, okay, for but now. for now. And, we know that behaviors tend to continue to progress one way or the other, you know, if they're allowed to continue. So, at what point does the dog get overexcited and grab a hold of the leash runner that's standing right there, or grab a hold of the right. bar setter that happens to be sitting back there? Or, what if it's another situation and they're at the vet's office and they're overexcited and they grab a hold of the tech? Or, what if they get loose and somebody's trying to catch your dog and save it from getting hurt or whatever? And the dog's over aroused, and so it bites. Then, and I'm not saying that that stuff still can't happen because it sure can. But right. absolutely, they're the yeah, They're still living, breathing creatures with emotions, and have moments and have bad days and bad moments. But right. if they understand that that's not acceptable, and that there are more acceptable ways to handle their emotions, then the chances that that's going to happen, it it goes down. It goes down a lot. And then like you right. say, at the end of the day, you know, the AKC, I'm, I'm going to use AKC because that's my primary place that I compete in. One of the things AKC is really big on is, okay, how does this look to the family of four watching outside the ring, whether it's confirmation or obedience or agility or whatever? Well, it doesn't look good if your dog is biting you. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that that is not, and whether they look at it and they go, Oh, so it's okay to let your dog bite you? And then maybe a kid gets bitten because of that? Or they go, well, why in the world would anyone want to do this sport if your dog's going to bite you when you do it? And now you've just turned somebody off for life, potentially.
1: This is not a sport. Right.
0: Right. You know, it's not supposed to be. I mean, this is not bull baiting. It's agility or whatever, you know? (laughs) Most sports are supposed to be not legal, you know? I mean, and even the sports that we have that do involve biting, you know, it's very clear that the person getting bitten is all suited up and not getting hurt, you know? I mean, I just, I'm like, say, I get it. I mean, we don't want to squelch our dogs, we want to be, but. Man, and firm it just makes fair. you ready to, yeah, like firm the fair and establish those boundaries. I mean, and I look at it as like, if my dogs are playing with each other, I don't want, I don't want one of my dogs to get all worked up and bite another one of my dogs hard. Whether they're doing it just because they're playing and they forget how excited they are, because right. that's going to hurt my other dog. And so I want them to learn that, by understand the idea of that bite inhibition. Well, you know, if, I, if it's not okay for my dog to do to another dog, then it's not okay for my dog to do to me either. You know, I mean,
1: absolutely. Well, let's let's take it back a step further. Where do we see these behaviors start? For me, <laughs> seen it in classes.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree with and, you, and that's yeah.
1: And I hate to say that that it's only new people. It's not. It's people that have been running dogs for long as I have, if most likely not longer most likely longer than when I've been running dogs. And it kind of saddens me that they've allowed this behavior to uh, occur and continue and to progress where I'm as a judge in the ring I'm worried for their own sake because that's a very much of a danger not to th- not just to them but to the ring crew, to me, uh, mm-hmm. to anybody and to other dogs outside the ring when they're walking because they're over aroused and they don't know how to control that. but it goes back to starting classes, and I don't want to put one person you know on blame for this, but a lot of this I, I feel like trainers are not stepping up. And going, hey, your dog's biting you. We need to fix this because you go into a ring and you have a judge, let's just say like Jeff, who does not tolerate that in his ring and will absolutely use that whistle to the extent that it needs to be used. You're not going to have a good time and agility for the first you know, first year if you don't fix this stuff at least. And that is something that I think a lot of trainers and I really am imploring. And so actually what the point of this whole podcast was, is to implore the trainers. Please, please, if you have a student whose dog is biting you in the, biting them in the ring while they're just training when it's not at the super high arousal, please step in, talk to them. Don't let them enter trials. Don't let them start having false hope that this is actually okay.
0: Well, and I would agree with you because I would say that probably most people, if you're new, either new to training agility, like we'll just say with agility as an example, Yep. Or maybe you started with, you know, whatever, you know, whatever beast you rescued from the pound, the first dog, and it was just kind of an easy going, sweet dude. And then you went, all right, now I'm really into agility and I'm going to get something higher octane because I really want to do this. And you're like, well, maybe this is normal that my Border Collie is biting me. I'm not saying Border Collies always bite you. I'm just using that as an example because, you know, and, yeah. Because we don't like the, water, really. <laughs> the one that's, that's curled up next to me right yes. now. Um, but uh, you know, and I think what happens is, and of course, it's not all on instructors. But as an instructor, if I see this starting to happen, and if and if the person I'm instructing is new, and they and they're like, "Well, my dog is biting me," and if nobody seems bothered, and especially if I go to trials and I see dogs biting at other people and in some cases people that are being pretty successful on course you know and then you start to go well maybe this is just part of what it takes to run a dog like this and right. so you don't address it and you don't do anything and 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 so then when the day comes that you get a judge and i think you know with the incident that happened with with roger last year it did certainly i think heighten people's concern and i'm you know but like And then when you do get whistled, it's like, well, gosh, this has been happening for months or years or whatever. Why is this a problem now? And first of all, it's really not fair. It's not really fair to anybody involved. It's not fair to the dog that this is the way you've been able to play agility for how long and all of a sudden you can't. It's not fair to the handler because there's, you know, inconsistency is frustrating whether you're a dog or a person or whatever. And, you know, and it's just, it's so much easier if you say as an instructor, look, okay, I'm concerned about this. We need to address this. This is not normal. And I'm concerned about you as a handler. Like me personally, I'm concerned about you. If you are letting it be a normal part of your life, that your dog bites you. Like that's not okay. You don't have to get bitten to be able to do stuff with your dog. And wouldn't you have much more fun if you weren't getting bitten? And, And you know,
1: (laughs) I, I'd also I'd also like to add as a judge, if I see you wearing wrist guards, bodyguards, something that you are strapping onto your body or you're wearing long sleeves in ninety-five degree weather outside, I'm gonna be going, Why? And then I start mm-hmm. seeing your dog jumping at you. That tells me that there is a there's a really a legitimate issue and concern that has either happened, still happening, and hasn't been addressed, but it's not even just the Biting, I mean, and the body slamming. Like, I see so many dogs running straight at their handler and just body slamming them. I, I mean, my dogs are only forty some odd pounds. I mean, then there is a pappy on that just likes rough roughhouse with me. But yeah. I have a forty pound dog come at me full speed. I don't want to get hit by that thing because, oh. yeah, I am great. I am 220, 230, but that's still a lot of weight. Some of our, some of our agility handlers who are older in their sixties and seventies, they may not be the best physical shape where they can handle that. And that's a danger even to them. Uh, In fact, there was one incident where I had to have a very serious talk and eventually write this handler up because she was so afraid to handle her dog that her dog did bowl her over. And it was legitimately concerning that I wasn't sure she was going to get back up. So I did have to disqualify that dog for safety and she turned around and she went through the program. She took control of her dog and she thanked me for a year later uh, when she saw me again at the same trial, she goes, I never took it seriously because nobody actually made it a problem, but I was always afraid to handle my dog. Now mm-hmm. I realized it was a concern and I stepped up and I did it. And, that was the best feeling. Like it was the worst feeling that I'd had to do it, but the best feeling a year later that she came up to me and thanked me. So, I mean, it does, it does have some positive impact on it, but it's, you have to, it's the handler that has to realize going, Hey, it is an issue and I need to fix it. So right. that that's, that's my thoughts.
0: Yeah. And I would agree. And I say, so yeah, like instructors, please, If you see it, don't turn a blind eye. Don't be like, well, I'm here to do agility, not to worry about this other stuff. This is part of it. And handlers, if you're listening, especially if you're new, you don't have to let your dog bite you. In fact, I would say that you shouldn't let your dog bite you. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, we want to, I mean, again, we want to, and it can't be fun, especially, you know, I mean, stuff's going to happen. Accidents are going to happen. My dogs have caught me with a tooth before. My dogs have have knocked into me before on accident. Like, stuff happens. But there's, right. there's a difference between stuff happening and things that are routinely an issue. And you don't have to, you, you don't have to live in this world where you're trying to protect yourself from getting bitten. You can learn how yes. to teach a dog not to do that. And, and it's going to be more fun for both of you because here's the thing too, the dog, if they're in that state that they're biting, okay. Yeah. They may be really excited, but they're not necessarily in the right, fr- the best frame of mind. If they're, Biting, so you can put them in a better state of mind where they're going to enjoy what they're doing more, and you can have more fun being with your dog. And it's just, it's all around a better deal. So don't let your dog bite you.
1: That's, I think that's the best way to sum up. Just don't let your dog mm-hmm. bite you. Yeah. there's no reason for it. <laughs> there's ways to fix it. Just yeah, I think at the end of the day. Don't let your dog bite you, please. Especially because, from the judge's aspect, it's not fun for us to deal with. We don't, the last thing we want to do is do paperwork. I hate paperwork. It's the last thing I want to
0: do. Well, as a trial chair, you just hate it. I mean, if something Mm -hmm. happens and you have to, you know, like you just, you just hate it. You don't want to, and you don't want, you certainly don't want anybody else to get hurt. I mean, you know, you don't want anybody who's working ring crew. You don't want anybody outside the ring, inside the ring. You know, you just, we want to, at the end of the day, we want to go to a dog show because we want to have fun with our dogs, you know, and, and anything that we can do to increase the chances that it's going to be fun. We need to do and to decrease the chances that it's going to be crappy and, you know, biting is crappy. I'm sorry. It's no fun. Nobody likes it. (laughs) Nobody's like, Hey, biting was great today. So, (laughs) you know, um, I just, just let's try to have the most fun we can and be safe and and enjoy our dogs, even the border collies that we don't yeah. like,
1: right? Yep, absolutely. Yep, those darn old border collies. There. Well, I think that about wraps up for our uh, first uh, serious podcast of 2024. And I think the next one we're going to talk about. I think uh, next round we'll be talking about uh, FOMO and the expansion, and ex- not just expansion, but the explosive expansion of agility and the events that are now available to us. But for us tonight, that'll do it here. Hope you have a great night and we'll see you out there on training.
0: Night, everybody.